Welcome to the Mountain Podcast Home Study. For the next eight weeks, pastors Tim and Samuel will be exploring an interactive home study on marriage and family. So gather your families as you listen to this week's study. Well, hello, my friends. This is week two of our at-home study. At-home studies are great, and uh, they are uh, designed to be in partnership with you and your families and or marriages in your home. And we're doing two of them this home season, but that can be done at any time with your families uh, and or your marriage, your spouse. Um, and I, I'm excited to talk uh, about working hard. And uh, my son has this really great dynamic with me with with every morning almost where I have to go to work, where he pretty much asks me not to go to work <laughs> and uh, and wants me to. Um, and today he told me, well, just tell him you can't come. And uh, each day he develops his argument a little bit better and he's really becoming precise with his arguments about why I shouldn't go to work. And so I really enjoy it. But the, the conversation over work and effort um, and even careers and vocations and jobs, there it's a conversation and it's a study in a biblical one in a family unit that happens from an early, early age. So no matter what age your kids are, uh, young or old, the conversation topic of work is a biblical study one. So we're going to jump into that today for us to have a biblical perspective of work and effort. And uh, in a little bit, my wife will be uh, joining me to talk and have a discussion on the second part of this uh, study. And so I want to start in Proverbs 2013. Uh, a lot of a lot of this family uh, teaching series and home study will be about and coming from the wisdom books, especially Proverbs, love wisdom for our marriages and our family. Uh, and in Proverbs twenty thirteen, it says, "Do not love sleep, or you will grow poor. Stay awake, and you will have food to spare." And if you look at the rest of what the word says and or a lot of other scriptures on the word, it does talk a lot about work and effort. And we'll read some of those in a little bit. But Proverbs right here and the wisdom over effort and work begins to be outlined for our lives. And in this scripture, it's pretty simple, the outcome of effort or uh, of being uh, lazy and the outcome of um, effort. And, uh, and, and or poverty and wealth. So there's this connection between work and effort um, and laziness and sleep. And, uh, and when I was a teenager, I loved sleep. And even now, <laughs> I actually really enjoy a good sleep. Uh, and, we, you know, my wife and I, she's, she's in the room on this part. So she yes. knows that Hello, we love our, our moments of sleep. Um, but in Colossians 3.23, there's another scripture to contribute to this sleep and effort and work and, and laziness versus hard work. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Galatians 6, 4 through 5 says, each one should test their own actions and they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, someone else for each one should carry their own load. Psalms 19, 90, 17 says, maybe the favor of the Lord, God rests on us, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And when I look at the dynamic between us and God and work, I believe it's an incredibly important one to infuse in our the minds and the hearts of children uh, and in the minds of our families, like the full unit of how we approach work. 
Uh, and there's some old dogmatic ways that we've seen work, even old dogmatic religious ways where, or hard-nosed parents that have seen certain things as not being legitimate work. Uh, for uh, many eras or many times, being a musician was something that was futureless and, and was a path to poverty and not having food and things like that. And so this conversation, this teaching isn't really focused on saying that, hey, being in construction and working hard like that is more significant or important as a labor or hard work than, say, working on your craft of video editing or of programming a website, which isn't physical labor, but is still hard work in a different way. So when we talk about working hard, it's not good to make a to make a value over one type of hard work versus another type of hard work as the point I will make in scripture uh, will be to point to the diligence of effort, the, the continued enduring aspect of work, because there are ingredients to working hard that can be found in every vocation or every job and every facet of life, endurance being one of them press on towards the goal. There's this pressing and endurance ingredient of working hard that's so important. Uh, you know, as I teach Brixton how to climb, uh, sport climbing and bouldering, there is this, you try it, you don't get it the first, second or third time, try it again. And it's actually important that I introduce to him this mindset of going back and trying again or trying to press forward and press through. So when he doesn't get to the top of the climb, I say, keep going. Or I, I try and encourage him, give him the courage or give him the support to go further than he thought he could go. Because one thing I know about God is that he is very much in partnership with us for us to go beyond our perceived limit. So if you if you're there with your families and your and your kiddos, I think it's so important that we understand the word is teaching and instructing us as parents to infuse a hardworking mentality uh, in our kids so that they can learn to effort beyond what they believe their limit is to be transformed by the renewal of your mind so you may prove what is the perfect acceptable will of God. When it comes to our limit, it's important that we teach our kids to work hard to overcome our limit uh, in sports or in physical exercise or in anything that you believe you have a limit in emotionally, mentally, and physically. God wants to teach you that you are not going to stay there or you don't need to stay there so you can overcome or surpass that limitation through God's grace. With him, all things are impossible and without him, nothing is possible. So with God's grace and partnership, we embrace this idea that it's important that we go beyond what our limit is. If you think you can only do this, then understand that God can help you go beyond that. Measuring whether or not that's God's will or not for your life is a different topic and conversation, but you should not choose to or not to do something because you believe you cannot do it. You should choose to not do something uh, because it's not God's will or to do something because the other thing isn't God's will. And so God's will is obviously incredibly important for our lives, but doubt, fear, and inability or a perceived inability shouldn't stop us. So can your kid 
make his life about music and working hard and diligent at learning the craft of music? Is this an appropriate hard work? Uh, or is this something that you believe you're going to see your kid waste his life on and be poor for the rest of his life? And this becomes an important conversation and this becomes an important topic. Like, are you going to force or want to push your kid into something that is economically profitable in how you've seen it? And I want to encourage this part, be really humble and be really open to the different ways that uh, your kids can grow to provide for themselves and their families. So if you grew up in a certain way, in a certain business, in a certain financial expression, and it did well for you, be open to the uh, adventure that your kids will go on to find provision and to provide uh, an, an economical uh, compensation for them and their family or their spouse. Uh, I think sometimes we, we go really, really hard on choosing a job immediately that will be profitable and that will be comfortable. Um, and sometimes somebody will find themselves immediately going in to be a lawyer or a doctor or a well-established uh, income. And that can be exciting if that's something that, that really is a match for them. But sometimes we see young adults, teenagers, we see them trying things for 10 plus years, not really sure what they want to do, what mark they want to leave in the world or, or where they want to go. And, and, and sometimes we could really not be open to this adventure of our kids might be poor in their 20s or have $10 left at the end of each paycheck. Um, but... I think it's so important that we don't focus necessarily on the amount of money that's in the bank and telling them to work hard for a lot of money. Like for what goal are we teaching them to work hard? And what I want to encourage you is biblically, you'll see that working hard, uh, it, it really is meant to meet the need of being fed and nourished and having a, a roof over your head. But beyond that, scripture doesn't really point to work hard so that you will have wealth beyond imagination. So the working hard is for us to be able to have our needs met. And that's important for us to understand because that baseline of effort and endurance is one really good lesson to learn to have our needs met. Food on the table, roof over the head. Legitimately in America, we have this beautiful blessing to be able to have our situations be really, really good on a worldwide perspective. Mm -hmm. There's some really poor countries that I've visited where the baseline or the average is way below the means of even the poor young adult that lives with four of his friends in a house somewhere in town. Um, and so it's it's really important that we embrace this understanding that God's interest in us learning to work hard is about character and it's about growth. It's not about building wealth. And when we see these things, there are principles and wisdom in the word that God points to and says, look, this is important for you to understand to work hard. And there's a fruitfulness that comes from your labor and be aware of this. And when I see the word talk about working your field and being invested in working your field and not being lazy, Proverbs 12, 11 says, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who cho uh, choose fantasies have no sense. And this is the last scripture I want to read on and the last principle I want to establish is that when it comes to effort, God's interest for your life is for you to have effort for fruitfulness. So what is your land? 
because a lot of times it's pointing to a farmer's or agricultural uh, place in scripture. Uh, and that is the, the context. But for us in a modern day sense, very few of us work in an agricultural sense. So when we work our land, what does that mean? Uh, it, it doesn't mean so much you going out and plowing the ground to make sure it's ready for seed and then sowing seed and then covering it and watering it and then uh, pruning when a time of pruning. It's not so much the agricultural cycle as much as it's symbolic for our life. So I was an athlete at one point. Now I'm a pastor at another point. What does it look like for me to, quote unquote, work my land with diligence? Well, it means resisting the laziness that can come on from apathy from discouragement, from sadness, because certain things cause apathy or cause a malaise of effort. And it's important that we resist those things. We allow God to renew our mind for fresh effort, for fresh grace about our day to work our land with a renewed perspective and a renewed zeal. So whatever it is that's in front of you, it is definitely a biblical principle for you to work that land with great effort and with great passion and faith. So find and discern what is it that you can learn to have great effort in and go beyond the amount of effort you thought you could have in any one space. You've seen people like, uh, and I know not everyone's going to be a fan of this job, uh, but people can make a lot of money and or can make a, enough money to provide for them and their families just by playing video games and people watching them. A ninja being one of the most famous was making millions and millions of dollars and probably still is um, by playing video games. But if you look at his track record of how he approached it, he worked, he would do like, I think 12 to 16 hours a day of streaming a video game. That is lots of work. Maybe not physical work, like say a construction worker would say, I just built that wall or that house and I toiled, I broke my back over it. So they would say hard work's a little bit different than say the gamer who streams for 16 hours, but you can't take away the fact that he is working his land. Musicians or therapists, it's different work, but it's still the same. Are you being diligent to work your land? Are you focused? Are you refining your approach? Are you growing in what you're saying and doing? Or have you become lazy and have you become slumbering and you've enjoyed sleep and eating too much and just relaxing and not putting your hand to the plow and working that thing which is in front of you to work your land? So I'm going to bring my wife in right now, and we're going to have a discussion. If you are uh, listening to this study and you are with your family, you can jump into a discussion from this point uh, with your own family and pause the podcast here and listen to discussion later, or you can listen to discussion beforehand and then jump into discussion afterwards. It's up to you. You can listen to this pod and consume it however you'd like to help you study. And you heard those scriptures, and you can study them even more and meditate on them for what it looks like for you to have this great effort and great work in your life uh, in a healthy perspective, in a healthy way. So my wife is a hard worker, very hard worker. <laughs> One of her actual pet peeves with our kids is if they say they are bored. bored. <laughs> it's like a pet peeve that if our kids say they're bored, she's like, there is no reason to be bored. <laughs> you can do something. 
Absolutely. You can climb something. You can clean something. I think it's creative. It it shows that they're a creative little human being. That's right. If they can realize all the awesome things. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to just go put them to work all the time. Yeah. They can find their own work, right? Yeah. (laughs) No, but it also means to me that you're looking beyond maybe what's right in front of you and you're just getting creative with what's around you, with what opportunity there is, because there's always opportunity. Yeah. And I like, so we homeschool our kids, you more so than me. Yes. Jesus help me. Yes. (laughs) And what's interesting about that, even common is that, you know, homeschooling our kids. One thing I've noticed is that we're, we're partnering with them and I'm, I'm watching my kids go from a playful kid to learning to actually need to mentally focus Mm -hmm. and develop the mental kind of longitude and latitude of thinking. Mm. Yes. And it's like their brains actually get fatigued mm-hmm. initially when they're first starting to learn after mm-hmm. Yes. We are stretching seconds. their little brains yeah. to places they've never been before, mm-hmm. which also on the flip side, you and I are both being stretched beyond our put normal daily, you know, tasks or what we think our potential is. Of course, it's far beyond what yes. we think it is. Yes. So what you were talking about earlier about how endurance and working hard and pushing past what you think your abilities are. I go through that probably on a daily basis with just homeschooling the kids. I was literally having an inner dialogue with myself yesterday about how different it is to just watch and hang out with the kids, but then to actually sit down at the table, get down to business and teach them their letters, teach them how to read. It is far greater a job than I ever thought Yes, <laughs> it was going to be. My hat is off to all teachers. I'm amazed by you. Um, it's also when you're a parent, it's a little bit of a different story, but anyway, it just has stretched me beyond what I thought I was capable of, which is exciting, but challenging and tiring, tiring at the same time. Yeah. And we don't need to make it necessarily a homeschool podcast, no. <laughs> but I will say, I will say I'm off my little soapbox. <laughs> no. And I'm on it too. Cause I, Cause I've in, I, at times it's frustrating. You're like, wow, you, you know, why don't you just focus? And there's this partnership over teaching our kids to work hard on something and to focus. And I'm grateful for the exposure to something that's like, wow, because I think we forget how we got to the place of effort we have how we got it's to the place of hard point. work we we got yes. and it was it was a percent at a time that we grew to understand we were capable of and mm, all of a sudden yes. i'm at 100% effort or 150% which is obviously impossible but i wasn't always able to go to this bandwidth of effort i wasn't always able to put out this amount of energy and this amount of focus and this amount mm-hmm. of development of things mm-hmm. i wasn't always able to develop like six different things in one day, run a business, nurture a church, a family, mm-hmm. and then also, you know, take care of my mental health and go rock climbing or something <laughs> like that. You know, it's a lot to juggle at one time. And sometimes you can feel when you're being stretched to something new or something that you haven't yet grasped that bit of endurance. It's easy to feel like you can't do it. Yeah. Like your life is spinning out of control and our little, you know, our kids' little brains and what they say, I can't do it is one of the main things. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? As an adult, I probably am saying that to myself at times in my brain when I'm trying to juggle everything that life has for us right now. Yeah. And so it has brought huge peace to, I was just talking to my friend Alyssa about it. 
to really just stop for a moment and sink into God's word. If it's at the end of the day, if it's laying in my bed, you know, on my phone, looking at my Bible app, looking at one of the, uh, the discussions on there, the discipleship programs on there, like it really does a lot because at some point I am, I've hit my limit. Yeah. I have 100% hit my limit. And so yeah. to go beyond what my capability is, I really have to tap into heaven. Yeah. I have to tap into like, okay, oh, I know you've called me to do these things, God. So please give me this strategy because I am desperate for you. So in a way, it has brought me to a greater depth with Jesus being in these tough places sometimes. There's a lot of joy, but then there's a lot of learning as well for us as parents. Yeah. But grabbing onto his grace and taking a moment to stop and get away for a moment has been huge. Yeah. There's there's a few aspects of rest that I think we can make a villain at times if we don't understand their role in us being able to be replenished. So uh, too much sleep, too much doing nothing is not good, mm -hmm. right? And yes. so learning what that line is, is really healthy because yes. rest and recovery isn't an anti-biblical model. It's just too much of sleep and too much of doing nothing becomes an anti-biblical model. And it begins to challenge and confront the value of working hard, working it's your true. land and field. It's true. So I would never want to create this kind of like doctrine of hard work that negates rest recovery and being replenished with Jesus, even like in a study time, like, are you doing something or accomplishing something always and always working hard? Well, no, by no means. There is a, a really beautiful, beautiful lesson in that God rested on the seventh day. Yes. So hard work is not mean no rest or, or no time of recovery. It means, Absolutely. it means doing all things in appropriate balance and discovering what that balance is in relationship with God. Which reminds me also of Mary and Martha. And I think that Martha, the, <laughs> Martha, you're in the picture, <laughs> Dennis, the menace. Sorry guys. Um, anyway, I think that Jesus had that included in the Bible to really show that there is that fine line and there is that time that we need to soak in God's grace and his love and his teachings and then get busy as well because there's things to do, which reminds me of the Proverbs 31 woman as well. Uh, it says in Proverbs 31, 13, she searches out continually to to possess that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. She gives out revelation, truth to feed others. She's like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant. That is almost a mixture of she likes working with her hands, yet she also has her heart set on fire continually. She's bringing in the spoils of war, yet she's also keeping wisdom with her wherever she goes. And it also says she sets her heart upon a field. She takes it on as her own. She labors there to plant the living vines. She wraps herself in truth, might, and power in all of her works. So I really think that's a perfect example of she's working with her hands, yet her heart is fruitful at the same time. That everyone that surrounds her is receiving truth, receiving wisdom, receiving love, and probably also being inspired by the fact that she's a hard worker and that she takes care of her husband. She takes care of her family. She's admired in her community. So I think that like you're saying, my love, is that you're not lacking in either, but you're really trying to find this beautiful balance and marrying the two together of hard work 
yet not forsaking the the cultivation of your own heart. Yeah, because balance would probably be an evasive word for some on either side of the coin. So do you land on the side of laziness or do you land on the side of workaholism? Mm -hmm. There's an imbalance and there are there is a deficit of something in your life if you aren't in a place of harmony with rest and harmony with effort. So these things have a connection to one another. And if one's lacking, then there will be some kind of consequence. Without hard work or effort, you'll mm -hmm. see the consequence of either poverty or et cetera, et cetera, as mm -hmm. you see in the word. Uh, but if you see on the other side of the coin, this workaholism, there's a consequence there. Mm -hmm. We've seen many of families destroyed mm -hmm. by the absence of a father and a mother mm -hmm. in a workaholic dynamic. We've yes. seen many of marriages destroyed because of the absence of a man or a woman in workaholism mm -hmm. or an imbalance of work and rest and family life. Yes. And so this is not a... This is not a coaching tutorial for you to learn to just work hard. Obviously, it's calling us to instill in our kids the value of hard work, but also to instill in them that in the context of a larger lifestyle understanding that this is hard work as God has prescribed to us to have for our field, for mm -hmm. our passions, for mm -hmm. our things that That's are in front good. of us and understanding and not being feeling guilt pressing guilt for resting. Yes. I think it all just takes intentionality because as you and I know, it can be very, very easy to be driven and to, to be ambitious and even to see all the good things that are happening in our lives and continue to pour into ministry or those that we're loving on or those that we're discipling or bringing along. It's easy to see all the good in that. And just to suddenly put all your eggs in one basket, like, this is awesome. And then look back and be like, oh, what? okay, our family, this is this is ridiculously important too. You can mm -hmm. go bankrupt financially or bankrupt emotionally with your family. Mm -hmm. And so intentionality, being intentional for me, I know personally, is to stop cleaning or to sit down with my kids and read a book or to really enjoy them and to soak in those moments that I have with them. Mm -hmm. That's why we homeschooled. That's why we've made a lot of the decisions that we have with the time that we have yeah. is to be very intentional with that. And so sometimes it's just saying, I have to stop. I've yeah. got to stop and just sink into the moment and enjoy a nap on the couch with my kids or yeah. whatever it might look like for you, whatever, going out of town, going on an overnight or going camping, because it's easy for your life to almost just drive away without you being in the driver's seat. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because when you work the field, you should go back into the house at some point. That's very eat, good. Spend yeah. time with the family yeah. and even doing work that you can bring your kids along with. It's true. Uh, Brixton's been asking to go to work with me. And <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, okay, cool. Like what are good work days for him to come and to help? Hmm. Well, we're going to be doing yeah. some demo in the building and construction. So I'm like, well, he can come in and he can yeah. knock down some walls, carry a hammer, yeah. a drill. 
thinking outside the box like that. And you know what? Now that I think about that, my dad would take us kids to work sometimes. Yeah. Back when we were just little nuggets. We and we I have little such nuggets. fond memories. He we would be making little arts and crafts and being super creative with all of the paperwork that he had in his office. He'd be making phone calls next door. And then at lunchtime, we'd all go to lunch together at Taco Bell. And when I think back to that now, it, that was there's so many fond memories wrapped up into that being a part of his work days. It wasn't all the time, but just every once in a while, it was a treat. We would get to go to work with him. Yeah. So that's a great idea. And there's a value that. in that. Bring them along. You know, bring them along and, and showing them the effort, showing them the work. Uh, a lot of times we separate our work from our families. And in some ways, that's a really beautiful boundary, especially work invading family. Yes. And that's a really, really important boundary. But allowing family to invade the workspace, I think, is a really healthy mm -hmm. thing I in like some that. amount. Having that bridge for them to see it, feel it, experience it is uh, I think it even gives them perspective. It connects them to your daily life when they're not a part of it even. Like they know what I'm doing when I'm not with them. Mm -hmm. And there's an intimacy and there's a connection relationally there that's really healthy for families to experience, to explore, and to understand. And then they can begin to understand what you do for, for, for a living. Mm -hmm. And they can begin to weigh it and measure it if that's something that they're interested in. If not, you can bring them to other people's jobs and they can see that, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be a dentist or that and the other, and you can mm -hmm. kind of, ex you could expose them to different aspects of different things and then go, well, maybe this is something mm -hmm. I'd like to do as a job or, mm -hmm. or you could be a day trader and make a couple trades in the morning and then <laughs> make your money for the month and be good to go or something along those lines. And I am amazed how young kids actually start to think about these things. Yeah. Brixton, our seven-year-old, I think we were on the way to church on Sunday morning or something. And we were talking about different vocations, different jobs, different opportunities for work because he's talked about being a police officer. He's talked about also playing professional sports. And being a barber. <laughs> Yeah. He has all these ideas, but we somehow got on the topic of some jobs naturally might bring in more money, but sometimes there are jobs that people love that actually move them, yep. their heart, their passions that might not make as much money as other jobs. And so yeah. these are things I'm already talking to my little seven-year-old about, and yep. it's such great heart topics yeah. to, to dig into because we've made these decisions. I've had a job that was really, really great money producer, but it also just felt like a job. Whereas we decided ministry was such a great option for us because it was something that we were super passionate about. It felt yeah. like a calling. It felt like something more than just the clock in, clock out. And it's taken every bit of us. It's, it's, it's been, there's been sacrifices, of course, there's been joys, of course, but it, something that made us feel alive. Yeah. And, and the ingredients and the character of hard work are important for us to have no matter what we're doing. Yes, I agree. Sometimes I think people get in the bad habit of if it's not their life passion, they slack, they don't do a good job, mm -hmm. they don't do a, a high level of effort. And that's just not biblical. You know, doing all the things is you, if you're doing them to the Lord mm, is a biblical narrative and model. So if you're mm -hmm. picking up trash and that's your gig and that's your job, do it really well. Yes. I'm not saying you have to do it for life, but while you're doing it, do it to the best of your abilities. Create efficient approaches. Uh, you figure out different tools and means to do it more efficiently, more effectively, more, 
more capable, uh, work out to be more capable at it. This is the dynamic that I think is really healthy for us is to embrace the growth that any and all work can give us and to embrace the, the path of excellence, no matter I what totally the agree. work is. Yes, I love that in my own life and I love seeing it in others. And then when I don't see it in a young man or a, a youth and they're just really slacking on something they're helping me with. And <laughs> We've I mean, never seen that before. And sometimes Eight years of youth it's ministry. like, oi, like, do you, and the question comes Can up, you sweep do you while you're know talking? how to work hard? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and then sometimes people don't. So if you're not called to construction and say like, cause what you're referencing is when do you know how to sweep while talking is that we did a found project once where we demoed a building and then we constructed things and, and I always learned to work hard because of sports and because of like my upbringing. And uh, I realized others weren't exposed to the same kind of physical toil. So when it comes to lifting, moving, picking up, and there's a reason why you can't find friends to help you move is because you can't get past the fact that it actually just stinks. And, <laughs> and you don't do it because it feels good. You just do it because it's helpful and because it's part of the journey of life physical toil and effort cannot be escaped. So I think that there's something that's very much character developing. Even if you're like, well, what am I going to do this for? I'm not a moving company. I'm not going to be a mover for my life. Uh, you, you do it and you do it with your best effort and excellence because that's good character development for whatever it is that is your life calling or lifestyle approach of making money and vocation. That same character translates. Maybe not the posture or the form of moving furniture, but the character translates to whatever you're doing. And we can't miss that for our kids. Like when they're learning to do something that's miserable, like clean the house, there's character being developed. <laughs> it's being developed. And our kids have grown. Mm -hmm. Brixton's a decent cleaner now. He Brightly's really a is. decent cleaner now. Yes, she is. They were dismal when they were kids at cleaning. <laughs> and right now, Presley is in the dismal cleaner Oof, phase. Little Tasmanian devil right it there. It takes more work to teach her to clean than to clean it ourselves right now. And we're I'll literally have to like direct her body and then take her hand and other hand and like... <laughs> pick up something for her and then walk her to yes. the box. Yep. And all the, all the while she thinks it's the funniest thing to just be like, bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> and the reason I put more work in to teach her to work is mm -hmm. so that she can capture yes. this character lesson that'll carry on yes. and probably pick up around five years old. I also, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And something I did find interesting, I was actually reading a devotional. I think it was last night at like midnight or, you know, just the normal devotional reading time. Oh, when I was up praying for you. <laughs> when sleeping. you were sleeping, snoring next to me. Was I snoring? So but I was reading, Let's I've been reading this devotional on finding peace because I, you know, want to have some peace in my life with four kids right now yeah. and ministry and homeschooling. I had no peace. <laughs> but um, I read and it's, it was called the five essential beliefs for a peaceful heart. And um, the fifth one, so the first one 
was belief one, God is absolutely sovereign. You could skip the four. Okay, we only, I'll skip we those. We only need one. Okay, That's all okay. we'll remember. Anyways. But the last one that I thought was so interesting, belief five, is God has a plan for your fulfillment. And it says for real inner peace, a person needs to know that he or she is competent, able, capable, and skilled at doing something. There's a wonderful sense of peace that comes when you know you're capable of putting in a good performance or doing a good job. And I think that's so so totally true that God has made us capable, that he has put something inside of you that you will be skilled at, that you will be great at, and that by finding that and doing that, and and it could just mean hard work, like you're saying, it doesn't matter actually mm-hmm. what you're doing, but that brings peace. Yeah. That working hard at the end of the day, actually, there is a great sense of peace. Contrary to what you might think that I'll be exhausted, and you might be exhausted, of course, but when you think about a full day's work or or putting in just whatever that looks like to you, working hard, that a peaceful heart is something that I think is at the end of that because I think that it was how God designed it and intended it to be, mm-hmm. to give everything you've got in whatever situation that's in front of you. And that is part of his peace that he has for us. I love that. I think that's a really good way to end. My sweetie, my love, you did yes. a great job. Oh, You're thanks, really lover. amazing. I just want to say how amazing you are right now. Oh. For all of the people listening to hear, you are a great mom. You are a great Aww. wife. You know, I was just thinking about you too on the way here. I was driving here. That's nice. And I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about how different we are, but how many things that are completely different in you that I just love and I think are so exciting because I'm not like that at all. And yeah. it's not even a way that I think or something that I even... I can do, but I just really adore those things about you. And I really treasure the differences as much as many times as sometimes I can be, you know, bothered sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) but I really, really love them because it makes us a really well-rounded couple. And, uh, I agree. I I agree that I love the things about me. That are different from me. Oh, it's so sweet. So sweet. I just want to take the time to name those things off. (laughs) No, I I, thank you all for being with us today. (laughs) And I love you so much. And thank you for listening. Yes. Thanks for hanging out with us today, guys. I hope that this was enriching to your family and maybe gave you a few new ideas and thoughts and inspirations. You're great. And we'll see you for episode three of the family study for you at home. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Mountain Podcast. The Mountain Church is located in Las Vegas, Nevada, with services happening every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you'd like to know more about the Mountain Church, please visit us at themtnchurch.com or watch one of our services on YouTube. Again, thank you for tuning in.